Over £783 million are lost every year from scams. That's enough to buy a Nando's and a side for every single person in the UK. So how do you protect your money when every day you're vulnerable to hundreds of fraudsters? My name's JH. And my name's Kieran, and you're listening to The Money Podcast. On this episode, we'll be guiding you through everything you need to know about keeping your money safe. To help us with our journey, we're joined by an amazing expert who's going to tell us how we can keep our money safe. My name's Nick Smith-Patel. I'm the Head of Education for Young Adults at MyBank, and MyBank is a financial education charity who work to teach young people how to manage money, uh, how to live independently, and all the skills that go with it. So how concerned should we actually be about scams? So the problem with the risk of being scammed, especially if you're earning NAF all anyway, is you haven't got the money to be able to lose. You know, it's one thing to be scammed when you've got 10 million in the bank and you can bounce back. But if you're making £4.50, £4.70 an hour, you can't really afford to lose that last tenner to that dodgy guy on the end of the road. I like to joke sometimes that con men and ninjas are quite similar. If a ninja really wanted to attack you, there's not much you could do about it. And it's the kind of same with a scam artist. If they're really, really keen to, to take your money, then sometimes they're there is nothing you can do and you're just going to have to deal with it. But if you put a little bit of thought into some of the day-to-day stuff you do, actually you can avoid most of the scams that, that people fall into very easily. Let's run through a normal day and see how many times you could possibly be scammed. So imagine this. It's a normal day and you're heading into town. At the train station, you buy a ticket and that's fine, right? You can't have been scammed already. It's not even 9am. Well, you might have already been a victim to card skimming. But what even is that? With skimming, thieves obtain a person's debit card number by installing an illegal card reading device on the machine. In addition to this, thieves can use a camera to record your personal PIN number. So what could I have done to stop this in the first place? So when it comes to ATM skimming machines, the best thing you can do really is just pull on the card reader. It sounds stupid enough, right? But if it's a fitted card reader, you might find it wobbles or comes off in your hand entirely. If it does, you should then take that into the bank or the place that you've pulled it off from but the reality is just checking to make sure there's nothing fitted in front of the card slot will save you from being skimmed that's that's the simplest thing you can do in that situation well you're on a train now and you see a notification on your phone from the royal mail saying you owe them a small delivery fee and that seems fair enough so you click the link and that's your second scam of the day you see a text message saying a parcel is waiting for delivery please confirm the settlement of 2.99 via link But what you don't know is when you click the link, that person is getting all your personal details. With the Royal Mail scam, the the dangerous thing about it was that everyone knows what it's like when we expect a parcel. We want to get it as quickly as possible. So one of the things that stopped happening is people stop thinking and they just panic about not getting their thing. So people blindly click the link and then they put in all the details and they hit send, they don't think about it. The danger is that what you've just given those scam artists is all the details they need to open a bank loan in your name or to take out a payday loan or to take out a financial product that you are going to be then legally liable for because it's in your name. So the pro- you know, it might seem like a little problem, you know, oh, never mind, they've got my name, address, phone number, email. But given enough information, someone can do a lot of damage to your, your, your credit file or your personal finances. The other thing about the, those kind of scams, if you get a text message with a link you don't understand and don't recognize, I wouldn't open it. I would go to Royal Mail and find the right phone number or the right email and call them myself. Trusting the link that comes in is probably the worst thing you can do. If you can find another way to contact them that you know is safe, aka a method you've used before, that's the better way to do it. Two scams in a day. It can't get much worse than that, surely. You think it's smarter to not have a purse because you're clumsy, so your debit card is in the back of your phone. Less to hold, you know? So it starts raining and you think, this day's been long enough. I'm ready to go home. You jump on the nearest bus to get to the station. 
Once you get on the bus, you use Apple Pay because you think this is the safest way. And it would be, but your card is still in the back of your phone case. This was your third mistake. Okay, so we know that Apple Pay is a safer alternative to a contactless card because you've got to use your fingerprint and whatnot. But have you ever thought about people standing around with readers? It sounds off the cut, it doesn't sound like it's something people would do anyway, but people have been known to be on buses and trains with contactless card readers in bags. And what they're hoping is that as people walk past them, their wallets get close enough to the reader to activate a one-time purchase, normally set to the maximum amount of, of 45 pounds. And it, it's, there's really not much you can do about that if a person standing at the entrance of the bus with a reader and you walk past, that's it, it's gonna register. One thing you can do to stop those kind of attacks from happening is invest in something called an RFID blocking wallet or a, a blocking slip. You can get them from Amazon or eBay, very, very cheap. Uh, in fact, I think some banks may even give you free wallets you can put your card in. But the idea is that it blocks all the signals coming from the card. So. If someone did have a card reader and you walk past with your wallet, the card wouldn't trigger with the card reader and they wouldn't be able to take your money. Okay, that was a lot to deal with, but what about scams you don't even have to leave the house to be a victim of? You may be like Sam, trying to make some quick money on some of your old goods by selling them on eBay, but you end up getting scammed. Hello, I'm Sam, I'm 18 years old and I'm currently a student at college. Sam likes to go out and wanted to make some extra cash by selling his old goods. So I gained my PlayStation for a pretty good price from a friend of mine. It was like £120 for five of the newest games. The, uh, the PlayStation 4 at the time was new uh, and some Turtle Beach headphones and two basically brand new controllers. So I got it for a really good price and I thought I was winning. Had it for about a month and just didn't use it. it had no, got no like enjoyment out of it and thought I'd rather have at that point like 200 quid sat in my bank rather than a PlayStation sat in my bedroom. One of the first places everyone thinks of when you want to sell something is eBay. It's one of the biggest and most reputable sites for second-hand goods. So what could go wrong? On eBay, you have a certain amount of time for the auction to roam for, and you can put a reserve on it, so you can say, I only want £250 or nothing. Um, and if you obviously you can go over that, or you, it's it's called a reserve, so it's it's the the bottom you will go. And I was I had a few watches, and you know, and you think you've got 25 watches, and you think, yeah, that's brilliant. I'm going to sell this for five grand. Anyway, no one bidded on it, which was a bit of a shame for me. Five minutes before the, it ended, a guy messaged me and said, "Hi, I've just noticed it's ending. Would you be up for negotiating on WhatsApp? I'm really interested in buying it." And I said, "Yeah, let's negotiate," because I thought, "Oh, it's not going to get any bids because it only got five minutes to go." We got to an agreement of price and postage and uh, he was sending he asked me for my email so that he could then send the paypal to that address if you looked at what he was sending me compared to what paypal send when someone sends you money they are identical anyway it said that he, uh, so and so had sent sam fenner his money for 235 pounds but we are holding it. it said paypal were holding it until he had received the item and then the money would drop into my account so i sent it off paid 25 pound postage and then it got to like a week after it had arrived and I was like, this is just weird. Why are PayPal like not releasing my money? I phoned them to be like, can I have my money? I think you're holding on to it. You know, I gave them my account number and everything. They looked at it and she said, I have no idea what you're talking about because there's nothing in relation to it. She said, I think you've been scammed. So how can you avoid something similar happening to you? Let's ask our expert Nick for his top tips. Number one, when using a website to sell, don't leave the website to deal with the buyer. Number two, if selling with PayPal, make sure you're using PayPal business, not friends and family. And number three, when posting things that you've sold, make sure you're using a track delivery or at the very least getting a certificate of posting from the post office. And what about buying online? Number one, you always have 14 days to return an item 
if you buy it online. Number two, beware of counterfeits. eBay and Amazon have lots of them. And number three, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Well, we've learned about all the scams that you need to avoid, but what's the advice for if you do become a victim of a scam? In general, if, if you've been a victim of a scam, you need to report it to the police. Specifically, they're a group called Action Fraud within the police, and they'll they'll then do some investigation and look after you if, if need be. The other people you need to talk to really, really quickly if it affects your bank account is your bank. You need to let them know you think you've been the victim of a, a scam and depending on the type of scam there'll be different ways that they have to approach it so if you've sent money to someone that's a difficult thing for them to resolve and may take some time if someone's stolen money from your account that's very different big thing is talk to your bank talk to the police and don't stay silent about it a lot of people when they're the victim of a scam can get embarrassed and don't want to tell people they've been the victim of a scam that's what they want they want you to not want not to tell anyone so please if you're you know, if your account's been drained, if you've realized that there's a charge in your account that you don't understand, call the police, call the bank, make sure they're aware. If you leave that for too long, the bank may argue in the future that it's your fault that further losses came about because you didn't report it quickly enough. So do make sure you call them as soon as possible. You've been listening to the Money Podcast Scams episode. Hopefully you've taken some top tips and advice from us and our expert. To check out any of the other episodes, head to our podcast website where we look at investing, budgeting and so much more.